0: Hey, business building warrior. Hope you're having a great weekend. If you're listening to this right when it comes out, it's on a Saturday. This is our weekend update. A weekend update, if you're new around here, just means we've gone back in time, maybe a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, and we've grabbed some inspirational, informational, helpful tips and strategies from recently popular episodes where we've typically interviewed a guest who's a success story from our community, and we put them on the stage and we talk to them about what's working, what isn't, what challenges they're facing, what strategies can they share with us, <clears throat> excuse me, about their business. So let's dive into this weekend update in just a moment, and you're going to hear the clips that we've compiled for you today. But before we do that, a couple things about this show. First, if you're brand new around here, you should know the vast majority of our episodes are, as I just described, interviews with successful students from our community. We've got a free Facebook group. As I'm recording this, over 72,000 people from around the world using the strategies we teach to build beautiful businesses online. Jump in there if you're not a member yet. Silentgem.com has the link. The other thing that all of these people have in common that you've heard on the hundreds of episodes of this show are the fact that they're using the proven Amazon course, Strategies. To grow their business. Now, inside the proven Amazon course, you will find dozens of helpful modules that can meet you where you are and take you to the next level. So, we have students who have 10,000 or 20 or $50,000 or more businesses who study the content in the proven Amazon course. And we have brand new people who've never sold anything online and they're not even sure if this is a business that's right for them or not. We've got modules for everyone. The course grows with you. So, that's the other thing that all of our guests on this show have in common is they are successful students of those strategies. So we're very proud of the fact that we've compiled hundreds of interviews with those students. If you want to see even more success stories, jump into our free Facebook group, like I mentioned, at silentgym.com. There's a link to the course. There's a link to our coaching, all that good stuff. Something else I want to put on your radar before we jump into the content for this weekend episode is the fact that July 6th through 8th of 2023... You want to circle that on your calendar and plan to join us in Columbus, Ohio, as hundreds of listeners to this show gather along with nearly all of our coaching team. We have about 60 coaches, hundreds of listeners to this podcast, our successful coaching students, proven Amazon core students, all the sponsors who can't wait to be a part of the excitement. We're all going to go to Columbus, Ohio, July 6th through 8th for our 11th annual get together with over 40 breakout sessions content for absolutely every stage of Amazon experience or e-commerce experience. If you're brand new, just checking it out, you're going to love this event. If you've got $100,000 a month business and you're looking to expand, you're going to love this event. You need to be there. It's great networking. You're going to have a blast. If you've listened to a handful of episodes recently, you've heard us talking about it. If you have questions, get over to theprovenconference.com. Odds are we answer all your questions there. Again, the website. Remember these three words for our July 6th through 8th event. These three words, The Proven Conference. Go check it out. Hey, let's get into the weekend update. Can't wait to show you what we've got for you today. But it was so transparent. And I think you really will see that uh, this is a significant episode. For those who've listened to many episodes, this is probably going to crawl its way up to the top of your list when we're done because uh, it's just so transparent and so helpful. And uh, it's heart-wrenching at times even just to, to think through putting yourself in the position that she's faced. And maybe you've got a tragic story as well. You've had difficult things happen in your life. We all do at certain points. This is going to be one of those shows that I hope really encourages you. There, there can be, and there is, in fact, light at the end of this dark road. And we want to be part of helping that financial burden be lifted as much as possible as we teach the creative strategies for using the internet. All right, God bless you, business building warrior. Let's jump over. I'm I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend Sue and share this story.
1: I really started um, branching out. I started listening to the podcast, to the Silent Sales Machine podcast, oh, as I was on my treadmill at the gym. I'd be listening to the podcast, and I started hearing some really different ideas that right. you know were exciting to me. I started hearing about finding exclusive products and going to trade shows and talking to brands and asking them if they wanted to sell their products on Amazon. And so this was probably around 2018. 2017, I know we, we continued to sell high. We sold 149,000. We had a, a $32,000 profit on our Schedule C at that point. And then we still weren't taking any money out. We would continue to roll over to use that profit for to buy more inventory until 2018. And that is when we finally invested in a nice car. That was huge for us to have a car that didn't break down. And we paid that out of the business. And that was like a big reward for all of this work. And it was... A very nice car, so that Good was super for fun for us.
0: It sounds like a great memory <laughs> it, it was and I know son, the, the listeners can't see you, but that's a great smile as you were just re- recalling that that car purchase. Sounds like a great day for you guys
1: yeah it was uh it was doubly fun because our son Jason loved infinities, he was obsessed with them you know teenage boy,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he didn't know we were going to buy an infinity when we were talking about, we didn't know we were going to buy one. Anyway, we came home with an infinity and he was over the moon excited about that. (laughs) So, So I went to the trade show. I approached, I think, about five different brands. They were there and they were sharing their products. And I just walked right up to them in my complete naivety and asked them if they wanted to sell their products on Amazon. To my surprise, they were very enthusiastic. And I was very caught off guard because I wasn't prepared for them to say yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and the world hasn't changed a lot since then, actually. I mean, this is, we're talking 2018 now, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's still pretty much the general rule of thumb is there don't, a lot of brands don't know what to do with Amazon. Like, oh, you're an Amazon expert. I've got some questions for you. We've been struggling. You know, here, you know, they need to give you their list.
1: Yeah. Each Most one of brands these brands. Had tried to sell on Amazon and they Mm -hmm. really could not take the time to figure it out.
0: Yeah, that's so, um, yeah, they've got the things they're good at, and Amazon is not one of them yet.
1: Exactly. They're running their business successfully and that's taking Mm -hmm. all of their time. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they just did not have the time to do it. So they were more than willing to sell me their products. And some of them had listings already up. One of them had a listing they were going to go through Amazon retail and have you know sell their products to Amazon and they did not like dealing with them at all. Right. So they discontinued that and never started selling their products to them. So they had listings that were up and I was able to just, you know, start selling their products on those listings and those brands grew. They grew over time. They were they were pretty steady and that really became a foundation for my business. They were the products that really, and still to this day, pay our bills, you know? Wow.
0: Uh, so here we are uh, in, in late 2022 and mm-hmm. those relationships you established in 2018 with those products. Uh, now, are you selling them on your account?
1: Yeah, I'm selling them on my account. None of them, I did offer to them to, you know, basically be their brand manager and, and manage on their account and none of them wanted to go in that direction. Yeah. So... That was fine. It's actually maybe easier for me to do it all from my own account, but I do have to, you know, purchase the inventory ahead of time.
0: Right.
1: You know, some of them I did have to create listings for. And so I learned how to do that. And that was a lot simpler back in those days, um, creating listings. But I think the thing is that I just went forward in faith and jumped into this, and it was fun. I just took a chance, and it it, it went well. You know, uh, another aspect from that was challenging was the relationships with the vendors and learning to talk to all different kinds of people mm-hmm. because I had basically been in my homeschooling bubble. And mm-hmm. I just want to mention that because I'm hoping that there's a homeschooling mama out there who needs to make a little income, or maybe would make the difference in can I stay home and homeschool my kids and i am telling you i am just all for that and believe that the culture really is just trying there is a war on a spiritual battle for our kids hearts mm-hmm. and i'm going to share a little bit about my heartbreak in a minute here but yeah in spite of the fact that i was homeschooling and had my kid you know our children raised in a godly environment the culture i still lost a child to the culture yeah. basically and so i just want to make it possible, if at all possible, if you have an opportunity to stay home with your kids, to homeschool your kids, because public schools are just an indoctrination camp to win your kids' hearts and then that's not for good. And then so I'm passionate
0: about that. And, oh, and we've we've homeschooled all of ours as well. And and I have some great mm-hmm. friends, really good people who are in the public school system. But the odds are just so stacked against in so many significant ways now that the cultural drift away from those traditional values, mm-hmm. you know, I would call them biblical values, but just you know, those the family value, mom and a dad and kids, and you know, loving God, loving your country, like that, we're drifting away from that pretty All aggressively. That. Some people would applaud that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do you, I guess, but that's what made our country great, in my opinion. And, and those who want to protect those kind of values and traditional values, uh, it is a scary time to be a parent, for sure. And we didn't homeschool so much out of a uh, sense of concern of where the culture was drifting at the time. You know, our, we're on the tail end of homeschooling our five now. It was more so of, who loves kids more than their mom? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. you're a confident, capable person. Mm-hmm. You can teach a kid to read. You can teach basic math. We'll stick them in middle school maybe someday. But here came middle school age kids, and we were thinking, you know what? This is kind of going great. The flexibility. The kids are way ahead of their peers in so many ways. Great friend groups are playing sports. Let's just do middle school. Maybe we'll think about high school. And then mm-hmm. they came to high school age. And none of them wanted to go. We didn't want them to go. Mm-hmm. We'd mm-hmm. rather be able to travel and be flexible. and they were becoming very entrepreneurial. So here we are. We, all our kids went yeah. through we homeschooled from the beginning. we we never imagined that's how it would go, but now wouldn't trade it for the world. So just to echo what you're saying, and I completely agree, if you have the opportunity at all, if it's at all possible, you will not regret keeping those kids home and strengthening those relationships. and uh, uh, we've benefited mm-hmm. in so many ways. and And my wife is actually a big advocate for. she actually does has a business consulting people who are considering. Oh, homeschooling yeah. and helping them mm-hmm. think through. Right, make mm-hmm. sense? Can we afford it? What curriculum should I use? How do you, in mm-hmm. you know, list scenario? What about sports? You know, all that stuff. You know, she's got a little yeah. business where she... There's
1: so much excellent curriculum available. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of following instructions. And, you know, you can retain the values that you, you know, the biblical values that you're raising That's your right. kids on. And that, like I said before, that was really, you know, our desire. Yeah, our driving desire for our kids to follow the Lord and mm-hmm. uh, to know him like we did. So that was why we were homeschooling and to have a Christian worldview. We wanted that for our kids to be able to look mm-hmm. out at the world and have discernment and see what's going on. And that takes time and effort. And
0: yeah,
1: we are losing so many kids to this culture. It's it's tragic. And I know that that people recognize that. And I know that homeschool moms are probably intimidated to think about Doing a business, and I can't do that. I, I, but you know, but if I could, if I could just make five hundred dollars a month, then maybe I could homeschool. You know, and it was intimidating. I had to learn how to talk to people that they were not the type of people that I normally talk to. Let's just say that.
0: Right. You know yeah, what? they
1: were very. You had very, to get very,
0: out of your comfort zone a little bit, right?
1: Totally, totally out of my comfort zone.
0: Business will do that to you. It yeah. will always do it to you. Your business stops growing at the moment you decide you've settled into a comfort zone, and, and that's a dangerous place to be. There's no such thing as steady state yeah. with business. It's it's declining or it's increasing, and if it's increasing, that means you're constantly getting out of your comfort zone. So that's that is the journey. It's a leadership journey. But I completely echo the sentiments you have. We have so many. You know, we've got over 500 podcast episodes now, Sue, and so many of them are these incredible. I call them the, the greatest heroes of our community. Not only are they single moms, huge, huge Mm -hmm. thing to carry, right? Mm -hmm. But they're homeschooling single moms who also have incredible businesses. I'm like, just doing any one of those is an accomplishment. Doing all of that, that's Mm -hmm. incredible. Those are the greatest heroes. And so, if they can do it, you know, if you've got a spouse, you got someone else, you got two of you there, and figure Mm -hmm. out a way to make it happen. And I'm very proud of the fact that we've now got a large contingent of, of. Folks who kind of represent that homeschool, Amazon, e commerce is helping pay the bills to make it happen. Our Mm -hmm. community has a strong core of those types of families in it. And uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of the people who are accomplishing what you're basically challenging folks to consider. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some other things that I learned as we were growing was outsourcing. You talked about that a lot. So I got a prep team, hired a Sue's crew, called it, you know. And they've been with me now forever. I pay them generously because we live in California. And, you know, they've worked up over time, but they're so faithful and they are so good at what they do. And they they keep our inventory so organized. They work quickly and efficiently. They don't make errors. And that has just been a huge blessing. There's no way that I could possibly prep and ship all of that inventory, you know, ourselves. So... They're very reliable and it's at another homeschooling mom. She's very glad to have the income and our schedule is totally flexible around everything that she needs to do. And it was a homeschooling mom and her uh, twin daughters. They have now grown up and married and um, they still work occasionally when they have time. So
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy thing for you to do to recount and to share. And our prayer, we prayed together before we started this episode today because of how difficult some of this was going to be. And uh, if you were being completely selfish, you would just kind of keep this to yourself and just kind of heal. But your hope that you shared with me was that this can help encourage someone and get them through a valley and, and get them walking closer with God, perhaps that you felt like it was time for you to share this. So I just want to say thank you and uh, it's it's truly meaningful to me, and I think many many others are going to be impacted by this. So thank you for sharing what you're about to share. And I don't know exactly what you're going to say, but I I of course know the highlights, and they and they're not good. So please continue. Yeah.
1: Well, I mentioned the battle for our kids' hearts, and you know the encouraging to homeschool, and even though we were doing all of those things, and we have a very sincere faith, a faith that was very active in her home. We read the Bible together as a family almost daily. And our youngest son was just a very active child. He needed to be physical. And so we would let him go for hours to the skate park and get that energy out. And unfortunately, that contributed to his demise. Now he was very careful to stay out of trouble until he was 18. Actually, uh, you know, his friends told us, Jason would not, he wouldn't touch drugs. He wouldn't, he just, he wouldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, he he ran into some heartbreaking issues for a young man. And he, when he turned 18, he just, the culture sucked him up and he started using drugs very heavily. Mm. And unfortunately, You know, it took him. We walked into his bedroom and found him dead in his bed. And he died from an overdose of fentanyl. He thought that Mm. he was taking a a Percocet. And this is so prevalent out there right now. Yeah, That's one of the, you know, the spiritual issues that is going on is all the fentanyl that is poured into this country right now. He thought that he was taking a Percocet that would help him come down. He was addicted to cocaine. He wanted to sleep. So he took a Percocet. It wasn't a Percocet. It was a fake bill with fentanyl, and um,
0: I'm so sorry. He
1: died. So that was, uh, of course, very difficult to deal with, and it was shocking. We were totally shocked by everything that happened. You know?
0: Yeah, I, can, and, I mean, um, I, can, I just I can't imagine. And this is, you know, this isn't decades ago. This was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, so he's still uh, fresh. He's October
1: 13th, 2019. And um, he was just shy of his 19th birthday. Tomorrow, actually, October 28th, he would have been 22.
0: And here you are so, sharing this story. Thanks again.
1: So we, um, in our grief and grief is, I had never experienced a loved one dying and then to have a child die, it was pretty debilitating. And there was a lot of, Shock and dismay, and you know, it was a complicated situation about who he was and what happened in his life, and um, to get him to that point, and a lot of soul searching. And um that's why I just say you just don't underestimate the value of the culture that it's playing on your kids,
0: yeah, the the yes. power it the power it has and and how careful we have to be, the precautions we need to take as parents to to shield and protect and Mm -hmm. And instilling our kids those things, you know. And and I got to believe that, you know, your son, had it not been for the series of decisions and then the mistake, he would have come around eventually, right? Because the the Bible tells us, raise up your child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. But sometimes that middle period between them being raised right and then getting older and coming back around, you know, there's a window of time there that. Um, Where well, they can really do some damage, unfortunately. And
1: there really is. And it's a well known fact that young men's minds don't completely mature correct. until yeah. they're older. Well,
0: trust me. I tell my boys that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I'm like, you're still I stupid. I know you don't think you are, but you trust yeah. me. The 40 year old you right now is on my side on this issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I uh, continued. I continued with business, crying all the way. Up. I remember going into a retail store. It was, you know, Q4. We kind of do a little bit more retail during the Q4 season. Sure. Well, last quarter of the year. And unfortunately, the tears didn't stop just because I was out in public. Mm. And the owner of the store was very concerned about me and wanted to just help me in any way she could. So she sold me (laughs) more products and, you know, it was, but it was, it was rough. It was, it was very rough, but we, we did persevere. But, you know, grief is, grief is a daily thing. It's part of our life and it changed us forever. And it was, it was, it was, it shook us up a lot, but we are, we are coming, coming back to health spiritually. So it's taken a while and our journey wasn't over. With his death, we continued to have some hardships. But it's interesting because going back to the business side, 2020 was an absolute boomer year for us. And we had, my husband was able to retire in God's mercy. uh, Shortly after Jason died, he was offered an early buyout from his job. And that, coupled with the fact that our business was thriving at that moment, enabled him to leave, you know a t and t and to to come home. My husband was able to uh, retire and to come home. and we had a fantastic year. That year we sold eight hundred and forty two thousand, and we actually, pocketed 123,000. So that's about 15%. I like to share that because everybody always wants to know what the bottom line is. And that 15% is with an amazing accountant who that was another thing that I heard from about outsourcing, find the good financial help, find a good accountant. (laughs) And so we actually looked through Dave Ramsey recommendations and found somebody local yeah. and the guy that we found was familiar with e-commerce. And so, right. you know, when you're looking at your numbers, it's really hard to qualify and say what percentage it is because there are so many benefits that don't show up in that bottom line, Right. such as the fact that, you know, we drive a car that is paid for by the corporation. You know those type of things. There's other benefits. We actually rent our warehouse space from ourselves because we right. own it. You know that type of thing. So there's it's 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 valuable.
0: A good creative and, accountant can you know? can pay more than pay for themselves. Has that been your experience?
1: Oh yes, definitely.
0: Right. right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's one of the best pieces of advice I ever give. Is find. And and you probably heard me say it. I've been saying it the same way for 15, 18 years is mm-hmm. find someone who's been doing it a long time. And even if they don't specialize in e-commerce, they'll know someone who does. I would take... Rather than like a, a young e-commerce specialized accountant, I would take a guy who's been doing it 30 years. Small well, business Jim, accountant. I got
1: to tell you, it's funny, but our, our accountant was a homeschool prodigy and he was a young man.
0: <laughs> well, but hey, that's awesome. He was working that's in awesome.
1: father's business yep. and he was... A genius, you could just tell that by talking to him. So yeah. I had
0: 100% confidence. In oh, him. it sounds like he did a tremendous job for you. You know, just as, as, a, as a general rule, there's always exceptions, right? But yeah, I like to work with people and doing it a while. But then, you know, along come these amazing young guys. And, you know, one of my sons is running a consulting firm in his early 20s and he has uh-huh. clients paying a lot of money because he's kind of that same vein of, and actually, you talked about being best friends with your kids. I was his best man at his wedding here. About oh, that's so, <laughs> so special. I, mean, I love it. How many that. dads get to do that with their son? Oh, right? I mean, that's beautiful. Uh, and it totally yeah. surprised me. That that's that yeah. was what he wanted to do. And uh, I've never heard of
1: a dad doing that before. That's pretty cool.
0: You know, I, I, it's a rare thing. They tell me uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't seen it a whole lot either. But it was very natural for us. We we really are. We're that close because you know that's that's the path we decided for our family. We gave up a yeah. little, and we, and we were rewarded and blessed. Yeah. And, you know, over.
1: there's people who we went to high school with, they never married, they never had family. Their life seems so empty oh, because sure. they don't have they don't have those relationships. They don't have children have those relationships and have that family. Really, family is what it's all about. So I just say invest in family.
0: But he does have, you know, just to to brag, one of the books, when I when I give when I rattle off my five, 10. Books that I really want folks to read to kind of start to on a real journey. One of them is Dave Ramsey's book, Entree Leadership. Have you ever read it? No, you mm-hmm. might enjoy it because uh-huh. if you just listen to his radio show and look at his YouTube channel, you know he's hitting the mass market. people who have thirty thousand dollars of credit card debt and they're trying to figure out if they should get a second job or not. You know that's his primary market for his radio show, but he does focus in on small businesses as well. and he has his entree leadership podcast. And that book is actually full of pretty practical stuff. How he went from a card table in his garage Uh to a five hundred million dollar business. Last time I checked, and Mm -hmm. and steps, the growth, things he had to, you know, very practical. Like when you're hiring people, be sure to meet the spouse before you hire Mm -hmm. the person. You know, just real practical stuff like that. Yeah. Uh uh, That um, interesting lessons he's learned along the way. And Mm -hmm. so they have a a program for small business owners. And I actually was a part of that. That's how I kind of got to know him and meet him. I actually got to go to his house and all that. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, so I didn't want to completely throw Dave under the bus there. He's got some good small business content. It's not just Uh all about getting out of debt, but... uh... Yeah,
1: but thanks for the guilt trip, Dave. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) You asked me about multiple income streams.
1: Yeah.
0: Relationships. Using your voice, building relationships. Always, just like you experienced, you only mentioned one trade show. You talked to five different companies and you started selling their products. And how much income has that generated? That's one day worth Mm -hmm. of conversations of getting out of your comfort zone. That's where the multiple streams will come from. Always be expanding the circle of people that know, like, and trust you Mm -hmm. by serving them well, by sharing what you know, by telling your story, by getting out there and meeting, by going to small business meetings and telling them very boldly I think one of the most valuable statements you can make right now as far as representing the skill set that you have is to be in a, a group of business owners and say, "I know how to sell things online. I know how yeah. the I know how e-commerce works." Does anybody have any questions? Can I be of help to anybody? <laughs> You're going to have a line of people yeah.
1: mm-hmm. that want
0: to talk to you and work with you and creatively offer solutions, you know, back and forth. It's an incredible skill set. I think sometimes we we play it off as being insignificant, but it's huge. It's hugely important mm-hmm. uh, to tell people what it is you do. And that will lead to other income streams. Mm-hmm. I've got a guy texting me just today who needs my services. He's seeking me out. Not because of this podcast, it's because of my e-commerce skill set, the same mm-hmm. skill set that most of our listeners have. He's eager to to work together and and find some creative ways to make money together and had people contact me, want to sell things on my eBay account because it's I've had some experience selling on eBay. I know what I'm talking about. And you know, I get a percentage. The opportunities are everywhere, but they're all relationship based. I would mm-hmm. strongly encourage I, yeah. versus saying, "Hey, you know, go, you ought to go out and buy this crypto coin." That's what's exciting. Like, no relationships. Mm-hmm. That's where I can confidently push you, uh, and I see it all the time. Sue the people who kind of drift into this isolation mode, and they're trying to look for this next magic formula to make more money. People don't do so well. Kind of like the people you mentioned earlier—they're in their forties or fifties, and they never married, and they have no family, and they're looking around like, "Wow, life's kind of a dead end for me." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isolation does that in business and in your personal life. Mm -hmm. So, what's the opposite of that? Relationships.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's (laughs) that's been a challenge after you know while grieving. That has been a huge challenge, but of course.
0: Of course, yeah, and, um, and that's part of the healing it process though. That, that has to ring true. you know you'll know you're getting healthier and healing and, and stepping yeah. more into what God has for you as you start bringing people into your life again and expanding the circle of people that bring you know joy and mm-hmm. camaraderie, right like yeah. that, that's, that's healthy. God's plan for us isn't to isolate and to kind of slowly disappear into our own little box <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I, I love Rabbi Daniel Lappin points this out all the time when he's on this topic and he talks about, you know, we, we study Genesis and from a Hebrew perspective of the Orthodox Jewish rabbi who studies these things in the original language they were written in. Mm-hmm. When God says, it's not good for man to be alone. You know, he created all of creation and said, it is good. It is good. It is good. And finally he yeah. said, ah, you know what? That's not so good. Just a dude mm-hmm. by himself. That's not, mm-hmm. We always associate that with the male-female relationship. And mm-hmm. it does cover that. Yeah. The language use in Hebrew specifically talks about in general any of mm-hmm. us being alone or isolating is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Isolation yeah. is not good for yeah. temporary periods of time as we, you know, pray or we meditate on God's word or we go off by ourselves to think our, about our future plan or whatever. Yeah, cool. But as a lifestyle, isolation, tragic. Right. And in yeah. Business, think of
1: the verse that says a child left to his own devices will bring his his parents to shame.
0: <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. When it gets real quiet in the house, full of big, full of kids, something's yeah. up, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny.
1: I'm kind of going more in the wholesale direction. It just is way more comfortable for us to do.
0: Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. How do you approach wholesaling? In summary, what's your approach?
1: Um, There's been a variety of different methods. Sometimes I will get a yes on a wholesale account that Amazon is selling on, and I'll find one product in their catalog that Amazon is not selling, and I'll grab that product and, and list it. And there's oftentimes I will just find one or two products that a small wholesaler has and go with that. I don't have any big, huge brand names, you know, just small small companies and I have a little niche that so I look for things in and we have a, a little private label product that we just were testing out this year and it's kind of doing well. Unfortunately, our manufacturer retired. So now we're looking for a new one, but I think we're going to start to really kind of push that. I think it really is an underserved area and we'll really meet some some needs. And that's something that this, you know, this guy, Jim, Talks about on his podcast, <laughs> and so um, you know, trying to find ways to serve people, and, and yeah. I think we're going to actually push that a little bit. Maybe do some advertising with that and get that out there a little bit.
0: So right, and I know you talked about maybe starting a, a Shopify site as well on some of these products that have some momentum, and I think uh, you know we'd have to dedicate a whole segment to that. You're going to find it much easier to launch products on Amazon than you ever will on your own website. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Customers are just so much. Uh, the, you know, they're so much more comfortable shopping on Amazon than any other website. Yeah.
1: Interesting. This product has actually done better on walmart.com than on Amazon. Mm,
0: so you're selling it there as a well. A
1: lot of communication with the customer about specifics and wanting advice about how to use it and mm-hmm. so forth. So yeah, kind of perplexing little thing, but it, it's mm-hmm. been enough to just let us know that, Hey, we should, we should, we just actually ran out of our First
0: batch. So, that's um, fascinating. So you attribute your success on Walmart to the fact that you're able to interact with the customer more easily. Is that what you just said?
1: I think that's what it is yeah.
0: because I, I mean, they agree.
1: They seem to be comfortable, you know, sending us a question. Hey, sure. how do I do this? How many do I need, yep. and so forth, that type of thing. And there's a lot of back and forth with that. So
0: yeah, it's not as uh, restrictive as it is. On Amazon, which is one of the challenges I've had for Amazon Corporate for a while now, and they're starting to make some improvements there. Mm-hmm. But in their interest of making sure that nobody steals our customers, they've set up this brick wall between the buyer and seller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you may have heard me mention this before, and I've talked about it on multiple occasions. I won't go into the full depths of this lesson I'm trying to teach, but biblically in the Hebrew tradition, where we get the concept of, of transactions and in a free free market. A transaction is the beginning of a mutually beneficial lifelong relationship. That's what a transaction is. It brings people together. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the start of a friendship. It's yeah. a very healthy way to start a friendship because you both win. right? That's a good way to start off a new relationship. We both just won. right? We exchanged mm-hmm. something of greater value than what we gave away. We both received something of greater value. But Amazon has set a brick wall between the two parties. So to the, to the degree that... Your question earlier was, is Walmart going to catch Amazon? Well, if they figure out how to allow buyers and sellers to connect in a meaningful way and kind of build community there, they could. Yeah. Make some serious growth mm-hmm. because Walmart's yeah. still dragging its heels on that. Yeah. I'm mean, sorry. Yeah. Amazon's I mean, dragging the,
1: Amazon is, seat. yeah. And, you know, the other challenge is just creating listings now on Amazon is just so Got difficult. A little, a little tricky. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio.